What's up, folks? I don't know if you knew this, but I have a newsletter. Shocker, I know. But if you go to avclark.com slash newsletter, then you can subscribe to that newsletter. And I know you're thinking, why, Adam? Why, for God's sake, do I need another newsletter to subscribe to? Well, if you subscribe to this one, then you're going to get updates about this show and various goings-on related to TGM. And there are a lot of goings-on that are going to be coming up. Lots of changes happening, really good changes for the show, I think. So hit it up, avclark.com slash newsletter, and get on the list so you can be in the know. Because you don't want to be out of the know, I don't think. All right, let's do the show. This is The Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. What is up, my friends? Welcome to the freak show that is The Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. Thanks for listening. Thanks to all you new listeners that are just popping up from all over the place. I don't know where you're coming from. I really don't. And I'd love to know. So email me, Adam and Evie Clark, and tell me a little bit about yourself because I just can't, I don't believe my stats. They just can't be true. There's just not that many people in the world that are interested in the shit that comes out of my mouth. Honestly, there just, there can't be. So if you're real, email me and let me know because... I, I, there's, it's gotta be like a bunch of bots or something that are listening to my show, uh, with these, with these numbers that just keep going up because I just, I'm not that interesting of a guy, but anyway, happy Monday to you. I hope you, your week, I should say, is getting off to a great start. It's February already. First month of the year is already done. I can't believe it. It's just, yeah, I'm getting old and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the age. I'm feeling the age just sucking the life out of me, if you know what I mean. But it's my youngest daughter's birthday this month. She's going to be six, which is just, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I can't comprehend it. I, I don't know what to do here. My oldest daughter's going to be eight this year. And it just seems like yesterday that I was in college and now it's this. Now it's family and responsibility and jobs and, for me, self-employment and podcasts and products and all this kind of stuff. And, man, I just find myself in a constant state of overwhelm these days. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm sure you are. But it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Just insane how busy life gets. I used to think in college that... I was so busy, you know, and there was just no time for anything. <laughs> and I've realized that uh, every stage of life just gets busier. Maybe when I get to my 50s and the kids are gone and out of the house, maybe it'll slow down then. I don't know. But if the past 35 years have been in any indication at all, it's just going to keep getting more and more insane. So enjoy it. If you're young and you're responsibility less enjoy it is all I got to say we've got Lee Nash on the show today if that name does not ring a bell she is one of the members of Sixpence None the Richer which that name should definitely ring a bell uh, especially if you're my age because man Sixpence was just one of those bands in the 90s that uh, is so associated with you know, like so many memories of mine. I mean, the song "Kiss Me," their big single. Um, you have to have heard that song. It just you know, great, great romantic angst-filled song basically. 
And uh, I love that band. And, uh, you know, they continued to make some albums and they broke up and then Lee did some solo stuff and then they got back together and she's been part of other bands. And anyway, I had always wanted to talk to her. This is the second musician episode of The Gently Mad. And I recorded this interview, gosh, I don't know when, uh, months ago, last, last fall probably, in Nashville in person. I got to sit down with Lee and... And what a, she is just like the sweetest person, honestly. Like, I just, I mean, just such a uh, adorable person. And we had a great conversation. I loved getting to know her a little bit and getting to hear the story, the story behind the story, as it were, of the band. And, you know, I had no idea there were so many difficulties, you know, like they, they've, man, they've had a rough road with record labels and you know, if you're into music at all, I think this will be a fascinating conversation for you. But even if you're not into music specifically, you know, with all these shows, uh, there's just, there's something about uh, figuring out what life is like for someone else, because we're all after the same thing. You know, we're all after ultimate meaning and purpose in life and what that means and how do we find it. And a lot of times we're chasing it in career, money, possessions, family, kids, spouse, religion, all sorts of things. And it's hard to find. It's very elusive, this, uh, this meaning thing. And, uh, and we touched on that in the interview. That's kind of a theme of this show. So it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And we'll, we'll get to it here in just a second. Before we do, I want to uh, uh, announce the winner of last week's giveaway. Uh, I was giving away a copy of Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art, which is an amazing book. And uh, the winner of last week's giveaway was Oliver Banta. So, Oliver, if you're listening, I'll be in touch with you directly to get your address and whatnot to send you a copy of that book. And I hope that you read it. And take it to heart, because uh, man, it's been it's been kind of I was gonna say rock in my world, but that is so cheesy. I can't think of another phrase though. It's it's been affecting me deeply. This book is uh is great. Stephen Pressfield has a way of writing that seems to seems to feel like he's writing just to me and my exact situation and my exact problems. And there's just so much great stuff in that book. So congrats, Oliver, for winning that. I hope you uh, read it and take advantage of it. This week, we're going to be giving away a copy of one of my favorite books of all time. It's a book by Stephen King called On Writing. And uh, it's actually the 10th anniversary edition. Gosh, 10 years. I can't believe it's been 10 years since that book came out. I read it when it was first published. And even if you if you're not in, even if you don't want to be a writer... You know, and you're not into writing necessarily. It's a fantastic book about craft and about what it takes to get good at your craft. And there's so much to be gleaned from that book. I reread it every, I don't know, not every year, but every couple of years probably. Because it's just so packed with with great stuff, man. Just great, great stuff about craft and the struggle of producing meaningful art and meaningful work. So if you want to get in on that giveaway, then you can go to avclark.com slash giveaway and follow the steps on that page and be entered to win a copy of Stephen King's On Writing. All right, so um, real quick before we get into the interview, as I like to do, um, read a couple of reviews here. You guys keep sending them in. I appreciate it. They mean a lot. So here we go. This one is from Anix. Anix, I believe, is how that is pronounced. Anix says, I think the word honest is definitely the best single word to describe this podcast. You feel like you really get to know Adam. His lack of polish meant in the best way. Took me some time to appreciate But now I find it to be the thing that really makes this stand out. Looking forward to hearing how the show goes and evolves, Adam. Thanks, Anix. I appreciate that. Uh, That's what I strive for here. So I'm glad 
Glad you're connecting with it. Another one from recently is from Junktown. <laughs> I have so much trouble with these names. You know, I have so much trouble with the iTunes usernames. Anyway, Junktown says, just came across this podcast and have been hooked on it ever since. Always love to hear the real world things people go through to reach their goals. And Adam really gives it to you straight. If you want to get some stuff done in your life, listen to this. It will happen. Well, thanks, Junktown. I appreciate that. I appreciate all the email, guys, all the email that you guys send in. I really, I get so much of it. And it's like, I don't know how to respond sometimes because I don't feel like I'm someone to model yourself after. I don't feel particularly successful. I don't feel like I have a system, a method necessarily. And it's great that you guys are being inspired and doing your thing and putting yourself out there and getting over your fears and insecurities and just doing it. But, um, you know, it's a little weird sometimes to receive that because I feel like I'm right where you are. I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm any further along at all. I, I read these emails and I feel like, man, I'm, I'm right where you guys are. You know, I don't know what I'm doing either. I'm just, I'm compelled to get what's in my head out of my head. And for some reason, I'm compelled to record that and put it out into the world. And I'm glad you're liking it. That's all I can say. I'm glad you're enjoying it, enjoying the show and listening. So thank you for listening. Thank you for making this possible. Got one last announcement. I've taken the plunge, guys. I've done it. All right. The show now is listener supported. All right. Not just listener supported. I mean, I'm still going to have sponsors sometimes, but but you can also uh, donate directly to the show and Maybe that pisses you off and you're like, what? I'm not going to give you money. Well, that's fine. It's fine if you don't want to. But for those of you that do like this show and appreciate it and understand the time that it takes, that you know it requires and all the work I put into it, and you want to help me out, help keep that six-year-old and seven-year-old I just mentioned fed and clothed, <laughs> then... You can go to avclark.com slash support and donate, all right? You can give me a one-time donation. You can give me a recurring donation. It doesn't have to be a lot. Like, I'm not kidding. If if not even all of you, just a small percentage of, of those of you who listen to the show gave me a dollar a month, I mean, that would be huge. It would, it would be almost a full-time income, just that. And I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. And it would allow me to... Uh, put even more time into this show. I mean, I, th this show isn't, this show is something I've wanted to do for so long. And it took me two years to figure out how to not be afraid of being myself, basically. And I I'm glad I'm finally here. I'm still a bit afraid of being myself, but I'm a lot further along than I was two years ago. And um, this isn't going to go away anytime soon. And I hope it's here five years from now. And, uh, but part of that is, is being able to support myself with it. So if you like it enough that you're willing to, you know, throw me a dollar every month or $2 or whatever, you know, then I would greatly appreciate that. Again, that's Adam, I'm sorry, avclark.com slash support if you want to do that. And I would be very, very grateful to you for doing that. All right, that's it. That's all I've got for this week. I want to dive right into this because, uh, as I said, Lee Nash is just one of the sweetest people I've ever met, and this, I, I loved this conversation. This is one of my favorites so far. It was one of the first that I recorded, and one of only a handful I've had the opportunity of recording in person in Nashville, and it was, it was great. And she's such a great person, so let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Lee Nash. I'm Adam Clark, and you're listening to The Gently Mad. The Gently Mad is brought to you by you. Your support makes this show possible and is greatly appreciated. Find out more at avclark.com slash support. Kiss me out of the bearded barley. Beside the green, green grass. 
I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when I first heard Lee Nash's soft and hypnotic voice on her band's explosive single, Kiss Me. heartbreakingly beautiful pop perfection embodied the romantic angst of a generation and soon catapulted Nash's band Sixpence None the Richer into the international spotlight. When the song landed on the soundtrack of Miramax Films' She's All That, Sixpence found themselves seemingly overnight with a number one song in the U.S. It became the most played song in 11 countries, topped countless charts, and even earned the band a Grammy nomination. The band went on to release another album, Divine Discontent, before calling it quits in 2004. That album had several charting singles as well, including the catchy Don't Dream It's Over. released two solo albums before getting back together with Sixpence to record Lost in Transition in 2012, an album Nash believes is her best work yet. Lee Nash is my guest on today's episode of The Gently Mad, and I was honored to sit down with her in a studio in Nashville, Tennessee, to discuss, among other things, her stunning and varied career. I was realizing when I was driving up here that it's it's 2014, so this is like a 20-year anniversary for you, sort of, isn't it? Is that right? I think it's been like 20 years. I, I want to say like, I was listening back through all like the back catalog this last week yeah. of your stuff and Sixpence stuff, just kind of refreshed my memory for, for some things I hadn't listened to in a while. And that first album was uh, 94. That's right. So yeah, it's been twenty years. That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. We did. We were doing stuff even before then because I graduated in '94. Okay. And, um, that first record, "The Fatherless and the Widow," came out way before I graduated. So that would have been, it may have been a little over twenty years. Oh now. really? Okay. But I'm so um, re- like really, really clinically terrible at math that it's yeah. really nice that you brought that up yeah. so at least i know now that we've gotten well, close to 20 you must have been like a kid when you started this then yeah um, and matt slocum my partner in right. sixpence um he was and still is about five years older than me and so he kind of headed things up because i was you know i was really young i think yeah. i was maybe 14 or 15 when we first started wow. working together and when yeah. he approached me I was probably 15 so yeah yeah how did how did that whole how did that whole thing happen like how did you guys meet I mean especially at that age well um we had for a summer Matt was visiting the church that I'd grown up in um so we met at church but yeah because we were never in school at the same time he was just leaving when I was going into middle school and high school so it was it was that if it hadn't been for that um, that those youth group events we never would have met each other. But he had started writing songs um, when he was about sixteen, I think. And then by the time I came into his sphere, um, he was ready to share them with somebody and get somebody yeah. to sing it. And and um, so yeah, he just approached me one day and said, "I wrote a song, and would you like to sing it?" and I was up for anything. Yeah. So, yeah. so you guys grew up in the same area then? Right, same town. Is it Was it Nashville? No, it's a little town in Texas called New Braunfels, okay. south of Austin. So how did you wind up in Nashville? Uh, well, you fast forward many years. I was 19 and got married, and um, the person, Mark, that I married was coming from Minnesota, and I was coming from Texas, and um my mom and sister and I and dad just drove up to Minnesota. I married him and then Mark and I drove to Nashville like the next day and I've oh, been gosh. I've literally been here ever since. We oh, really? packed up a trailer and um so the band had moved well Matt had moved about a month before that and we had a label here and I think we just needed hmm. a change of scene from um Texas and our label was here. But right after we moved the label shut its doors and closed down went bankrupt oh, or wow. whatever so <laughs> okay. and there began uh, the troubles <laughs> yeah when when uh 
Well, backing up a little bit more, like, were you, how did you, uh, so you grew up in Texas, mm-hmm. and uh, was singing music, was that a part of your life, like, as as a kid? Like, what, what did your parents do? Were they into, like, creative type pursuits or not at all my mom was a teacher and my father was a banker but my dad loved music and I think in another life in another time period maybe he would have pursued something in music loved to play the guitar he taught me um how to play and uh they had records around they grew up around listening to music and I loved country music though and I wanted to be a country music um, star or singer. Oh, really? Yeah. I was not so interested in the star part with the singing. I was pretty interested right. in. So I would call this local dan- dance hall called Heidelberg Hall um, that was in New Braunfels and ask whatever band was playing if, if they would accompany, accompany me um, playing, I don't know, like Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain or some mm-hmm. song that I had learned that I wanted to perform. And this was at about 13. So I was very, very interested and and for some reason motivated because I was a really really shy kid Mm. so me getting on the phone and doing that is was pretty unheard of my parents were shocked but I think um the shock of it was was really you know really also hopeful like maybe she's found exactly what she's going to want to do the rest of her life and I know that's a great feeling as a parent so they were probably pretty excited too but so how old were you when you when you first started singing um I was super interested in the Air Force up until I was 12. And so <laughs> I think I started singing right about 13 when I oh, okay. yeah, stopped trying to pass this uh, pilot's exam. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, <laughs> well, so it, you started doing, you were calling these bands at 13. So I, I guess, did you, it just seems like it just came naturally to you, the singing? and The singing seemed to. Um, I, I don't know that. I, yeah. I mean, I, I listened back to recordings now like that first sixpence record and mm-hmm. i'm not too terribly impressed but some people heard those records back then and and were obviously excited and had some um some i don't know excitement about me as a vocalist but yeah like i said listening now i, ca- I can't really hear what people were so excited about yeah. but i'm really now i'm very i love my voice and i'm so glad that i've been able yeah. to do this but um but yeah at the time something just I don't know, was was very alive when I was singing uh, live for people. Something yeah. came alive that had never been there before in me. Um, so it, it must. It comes very naturally for some reason. When did you first perform live? Um, I think the, probably the first time was um, at Heidelberg Hall on stage with this band called the... Uh, I think they still do stuff, the Bleeder, Bleeder's Creek Band, something like that. Hmm. It was a kind of a Texas classic um, band. And, uh, and yeah, that was probably the first time. And then I did some things in the church as well. And I mean, that, how old were you that first time? Was that 13? 13. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So going from the Air Force to singing, <laughs> those aren't really related that much. I really think I just like the outfit in the Air Force. Right. My my uh, <laughs> uncle was a colonel in the Air Force, yeah. and we had a, a big Air Force base in San Antonio. And so it was very close to me, and I am still really just infatuated with that whole, with all the, um, I don't know, maybe I'd seen Top Gun too many times. Right. But I like the outfit, and I like the way they stood and the boots. Yeah. And so, Yeah. I used to sing in an outfit like that and wear the boots and the whole thing. So I kind of really? did try to marry the two. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty awesome. With, yeah. with a sixpence or by yourself? Sixpence. Or? I used okay. to wear some pretty crazy stuff in the early days. Nice. Um, yeah. What about, um, uh, do you have any siblings or any of them in music as well? Or No, my, I have one sister. She's two years older and she is a um, CPA. She went to college oh, okay. and went more traditional uh, way, direct direction in her life. And, um, yeah, I'm the only one in the family that's done something crazy like this. <laughs> right. Or you just always, I mean, like, cause it, I think it takes a lot of, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, but there's that dream of, uh, being a rock star performing, um, especially performing in front of people and, and playing music. I mean, I did it and, but to actually, you know, see it through until, and, and make it happen, you know, is a lot more rare I would say what I mean what do you think it was that just kept driving you to to make that happen I think a good bit of it was 
faith that we were faith faith that we were doing something special. I mean, I think yeah. Matt and I both thought we were we were um, you know the music we were putting out was different, and that there was a great magic about the two of us, and and we enjoyed it for a mm-hmm. long time. But we went. There were a few points in our career where we, where we went well past what what we enjoyed, and, right. and it wasn't enjoyable anymore, unfortunately. And I know many many bands more than not go through business troubles. Sixpence seemed to have more than our share, though. We really really did, and so of that the business troubles? of the business troubles, just the crap that goes along with with um, with doing it. But at the same time, you're right. We still we had great success, and that was after though after being together just about ten years before Kiss Me got. Um, the exposure that it did and so it just kind of came out of the wild blue nowhere um so had you already started having some of those troubles before um yes the before that single and kind of the explosion of notoriety after that we we had had tons of label difficulties and then kind of gotten um delivered out of that by a guy that was a fan of ours and and um, started a label uh, kind of for the band and then and then signed some other acts as well. Uh, but if it hadn't been for, for him, his name was Steve Taylor, I don't know I don't know what would have happened. We probably would have broken up because we were so yeah. exhausted. Um, but we were, you know, that was after, like I said, we were in our early 20s and had already been a band for almost a decade at that point. So it was, yeah. it's, a, it's an unusual story. So you had those first, uh, those first few albums... Uh, were those independent releases or were those? Uh, they were on independent labels. Yeah, okay. there was the the one got released on REX, and they're the ones that um, shut their doors when we came to Nashville. There was uh, the Fatherless and the Widow, and then this beautiful mess. Um, yeah. And then it was Squint with Steve Taylor when Kiss mm-hmm. Me came out, when the self titled album came out. So yeah, the first ones we had tried to kind of go the independent route, um, and the man that the, the the terrain, the business was so much different even back then. It mm. doesn't seem that long ago, but it was yeah. vastly, wildly different than it is now. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's um, it's it's. So I imagine that making a record in the '90s, especially you know around that time frame, um, is nothing. I imagine it looks nothing like it does today. No, I know. I, I it's it's been very overwhelming to kind of watch yeah. it all happen and be somewhat in the midst of it and feel that you know never really feel like you catch your breath because it's changed so fast yeah well so you met matt and um you started singing with him and did you form sixpence right away or or was that something that was already his and you joined or how did that come about no uh we we joined we started that together he came up with the name but uh, but yeah it was pretty much right away i mean we recorded a I don't know, maybe a song or two, and I think he must have decided that he liked my voice and yeah. that uh, that it was worthy of starting a, a band with me. And um, and I loved Matt, and I loved the songs he was he was bringing to the table. And um, I was so young then; I I had no, um, I couldn't imagine writing something myself. It took years before I got yeah. to that point. But yeah, Sixpence came very quickly. Yeah, and so when did it actually become like a? A, a job or like something like you know I'm actually going to do this like you're releasing albums you're touring you're making some money like how long did it take for that to happen well I don't think there was ever any question for me for Matt there would have been all along he had but I was kind of caught in this at such an early age that yeah. I never really conceptualized any other any other route and I still haven't which is kind of weird I'm in my um, late 30s and I didn't go to college and yeah. I could have squeezed it in there at some yeah. point, but I've been pretty busy. And then when I wasn't busy with music, I've been busy raising my son and, um, and it's intimidating now to think, Oh, you know, wh- yeah, I don't know. This is just what I do. It's what I've always done. Yeah. I, so I, I there was no, considered. there was never any backup plan. No. Besides the air force. No, so. I was really bad at math. So I think <laughs> yeah. the air force was probably, they weren't going to have me. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So, so you're doing Sixpence, and um, by the time when was it? You said you moved to Nashville. Was that before the self-titled album came out? Yes, it was. It was '96 when okay. we moved here, and I guess maybe a year and a half or two later when 
that record came out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really curious to know, like, how uh, that record, when that came out, it seems like um, I remember. When was it? I remember. I think it was ninety seven when the single came out. Ninety eight. I don't remember exactly, but. I remember seeing the music video and and thinking, oh wow, that's a great song. And then and then it was just like you guys were everywhere, you yeah. know, because it was in the in the movie uh, right. that um, she's, she's all, all that, that you know. And what was that like being the age you were and you'd been recording these albums? I mean, I think so many bands dream of that moment where suddenly a single explodes or it's in a movie and you're just, you know, you're all over the radio. Right. I mean, that was that like. A dream come true kind of thing or I imagine it was probably kind of surreal it was know? and for sure it was amazing I don't think we'd ever ever in a million years expected that so it it happened so fast and not in the way that it happens for a lot of bands like we became a band and we got a hit really quick because mm-hmm. we had already we were already weathered kind of tired yeah <laughs> and then this this thing happens and we were certainly really excited about that record that we had just put out um, and we worked hard before we started to get the attention. We worked hard for years, but especially on that, for that album, we had for the first time a really great support from a label and the band willing to work at the same time. Mm. So every, there was a lot of good synergy happening. Um, so it was a, ho- a lot of hard work. So in that sense, it didn't feel like it came out of nowhere. We were hitting radio stations really hard um, and traveling to maybe two or three a day mm. for months. Um, over like in California and all around the West, uh, we did extensive uh, traveling in, in cars and planes and, yeah. um, and you know, just inundating radio stations with this song. So in that way, it didn't come out of nowhere. But when it did, it was very, very enjoyable. I had the time of my life. And l- luckily, I was with my best friends. You know, we'd, we'd been able to harvest this great friendship um not that it didn't come i mean not that there wasn't tension at times but uh but it was a really great thing to share with people that you can laugh that hard with yeah it's nice yeah so uh when did i mean so that comes out and then i think you had another song in a movie i don't remember probably lots there were a lot right in a row and um there she goes and then don't dream it's over and Breathe Your Name, and there was a song called Us that did that did pretty well, and then we started another record, and um, so yeah, things things got crazy there for a few years, about four years. Yeah, and then um, that next record comes out um, early 2000s, and uh, I don't think it was long after that. When was the point where you guys decided to, you know, kind of call it quits on Sixpence anyway? Well, I was having my first child. I only, I still only have one. Um, but I, uh, his name is Henry. I was pregnant with Henry and, uh, and I just was tired. I know Matt was tired too. And there was talk of let's disband, but, um, but come up with another name and just start a new band, uh, hmm. just because there was so much baggage with Sixpence for us. I don't think the public or our fans were really aware of all the trauma that had gone on business-wise, um, but especially around uh, you know the release of that that next record. And I don't want to get into all that. It's been well covered. Um, yeah. But that that label that had worked so hard for us and and vice versa. Everything just kind of went down in flames and for mm. reasons that I think everybody would probably point to something different. Mm-hmm. And there's no discord over it now. I think everything's, you know, fine and settled. But at the time, it was like, you know, really? Again, we're about to just, I don't know, it was just exhausting to think about going through all that again. And we were tired and coming off of that great success. And I was about to have this this baby and this new life. And I didn't want, you know, that kind of strain in my life. You're talking life. about the success of... Um, the band, yeah the, yeah. the songs and the records and all that and all the touring. And um, so I so we decided to to hang it up. And I was very, yeah. you know, feeling very... Like painting everything with a pr- pretty big brush because I was about seven or eight months pregnant at the time. <laughs> like, no, I'm <laughs> right. done. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, that was in 2000, the end of 2003. Yeah. What did you, uh, did you have plans? Did, did you kind of 
do that with the intention of doing something else or was it more like, you know what, I'll figure that out later. I just don't want to do this anymore. Right. I think we both had in our heads, Matt and I both, that we would probably do other, some side stuff. Um, but yeah, I, no, I didn't have any definite plans. I just wanted to get that baby out and, and yeah. meet him and be a mom. I was really excited, yeah. really excited to start that chapter of my life. And then it was pretty instant after Henry was born within six months I was I wanted to make a record and it's not at the time it wasn't I didn't feel like oh why did the band break up it was still nice to be giving that a rest and I wanted to write and kind of feel that independence of you know can I do something on my own and what would that sound like so I made a solo record um within two years of Henry being born mm-hmm. yeah and and I I you made you made several right well, no, I just have done one solo record, but I did. No, I did a, a little Christmas EP, and I did a bunch of um, songs with a band called Delirium, and then I did a, a Foliage. I mean, if you can't, you know yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, there was that band. Yeah. That, but that was, uh, when, when did that happen? That was, the Foliage thing was probably 2006. Okay, so that was a while ago. Seven, yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, because there was just the one album mm-hmm. there. I think what there, I'm yeah, with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that was that just a an experiment, or was that ever you know? Because I I really enjoyed that album. I mean, Thank was you. would uh, was there ever any intention of of that band continuing on and making more albums? Yeah, or? and I, I wish we had. Um, I wish we, I guess we still could. But um, yeah, it was the guys from Delirium, because we had done just one-off songs like right. they do with, with singers. And they liked what we did together so much, what my input was, because they send the tracks and then I'd write the melody and the words. And so they were like, you know, let's do a whole record of that and then call it Foliage, because... Um, they were Canadians, so mm-hmm. a foliage just made sense. There's an X in there, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so so I really enjoyed that too, and I, I love the outcome. Um, and I don't think we intended to just do one. It's just the way it worked out, just labels and business. And if it doesn't get the flash or the attention in that first one, you're probably not going to be able to do another one. Right. So at least not at this point. But um but I think, but I've still done more writing with them on different projects, and um, I did a hymns record uh, a couple of years ago, and that so was I a think, solo record, right? Right, that it was just, just you, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I suppose, I suppose that was a solo record. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that might have been the one, or it was the blue one that I was thinking of. That was your blue on you blue with the one yeah. I would consider, yeah, being like the big effort where I, you know co-wrote and wrote all these songs and you know, put all this effort into What inspired it. you to do a uh, like a, a hymns album or a worship album or whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, where you, you know, there's a lot of new melodies and, you know, what made yeah. you want to, because most of your, I mean, even though Sixpence and these different bands were in sort of the, like the, maybe under the Christian label, I mean, it wasn't exactly the same as your typical ccm kind of music at that time you know um and then you did this uh the hymns album like what what brought that on what made you want to do that uh somebody asked me to this friend of mine john hartley um he's a producer and works predominantly in that era in that genre of music and um and he what was the deal with that they take these really old sacred words and then write new melodies to them and i like right, that idea yeah. i thought that sounded sounded really great and i love um the old hymns um mm-hmm. and when i was in you know getting being raised or whatever you call that in the <laughs> baptist church uh, we were still singing from the old yeah. hymnals and now i can hardly stand uh to be in church frankly during the music time i don't i don't i just don't enjoy it i know obviously a lot of people do that's why they're using like this this brand new praise and worship kind of right model um but john you know was saying we can we can make the music whatever you want mm-hmm. and or whatever we want and and uh i really i enjoyed that challenge and and i'm so proud of that that album I just I love it for for me I felt like it was a good thing for me at the time as well in a kind of a, in a selfish way it was my solo project a little thing I did with God right 
Um, so I don't know. It was just a nice thing to do. You know, did you were you involved in the the writing of the new uh, melodies and everything as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not all of them, mm-hmm. but a good a good deal of them I got to contribute, and that was really fun. And then, other than that, I just got to be a part of you know picking the songs that we did do. Yeah. And um and I love I love those melodies, and obviously the words stand on their own. So yeah. I feel like, uh, no matter where you're coming from, uh, religion wise, uh, I. I feel like that that record can be listened to and just appreciated on a musical level and certainly poetically like the words are just beautiful yeah. no matter what you believe. So I I stand behind that one. I really like that one a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that you know that was one question I was going to ask you back about the the self-titled Sixpence six album and the the exposure that Kiss Me brought you. Um did you have a lot of people who because like when you listen to that song on the radio, you know, late '90s, like there's nothing about that that would make you think, oh, this is like a Christian band or something. And, and then people go buy your album and they listen to all the other songs, and there definitely is more of a, um, I don't know how to put it. Not it's not like you're trying to like shove a message down someone's throat, but you know what I mean. There's more. There were more songs on the rest of that album that were um, less like "Kiss Me," that one single. Did you? I don't know. Was there ever kind of a um, uh, people were surprised once they, you know, they they latched onto that single, then they came to a show or bought an album and were like, "Oh, this is different than I thought it was going to be." You know, probably. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of depth there, and Matt, um, who wrote there really was most yeah of those songs is a is a big reader he always had always still when we go on the road he's got a stack of books and he's reading all the time and just a real intellectual guy in my opinion i don't know if he'd say that about himself i think he's you know this brilliant and he has a beautiful way with words as well i'm so glad that at some point in his life he found songwriting to be something he wanted to do um so yeah i think people would listen and then they would either like it is with any band you hear their you hear their hit and you go and maybe you check it out more and yeah. you either don't like it, it appeals to you or it doesn't appeal to you. Yeah. So both happened. I'm sure a lot of people were surprised, but we did already have such a history that I think a lot of people sure. already knew, isn't this that Christian band? And then maybe the guy they were with be like, they're not Christians. They're singing about kissing. I, <laughs> I think they have a song called Love, Salvation, the Fear of Death. Um, so I don't know. It was such yeah. a, there was so much yeah. talk um, just about us either being too Christian or not Christian enough, and it just yeah, I'm really interested in that conversation, you know, because it's like, um, like what was that? What was that talk? Like, was there internal struggle within the band or with the label, or like, or were were you having to figure out like we should, you know, did you have the freedom just to be whoever you wanted to be from song to song, or or what was there pressure to? you know, be this this side or that side or, or have more of a focus on this topic or, or not? Never. Nobody, yeah. nobody ever. I don't know if anyone tried, but it certainly wasn't heated. Yeah. Uh, there was never, and I'm, I said heated, not heated. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was never, uh, <laughs> that advice was never taken if it was, if it was um, yeah. attempted to be given. So, yeah, we, we always were allowed to be exactly what we were. And, um, and I'm, I don't think that any of us would have accepted anything different. So yeah, it's just it, it is what it is, and it was what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so you're living in Nashville, and you're making these albums, and you decide to um, when 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 Sixpence disbanded, was there any thought that well someday we're gonna do something together again, or was it was it did it feel over at that point? It felt over at that point. Yeah, it felt final. And I was so excited about, um, you know, like I said, becoming a mother and all this other stuff on my head, in my head, that it took me about, I don't know, it took from then four years before, like, we missed it. Maybe three years, actually. Um, yeah. And Matt and I, it seemed like we, we missed it at the same time. And we were like, Hmm. let's not stop making music again like no matter what we'll just keep making records which has kind of been 
a bit of a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I remember when the news, I, I read that you guys were back together and a new album was coming out. And then it didn't come out for like three years or so something long. like that. What, yeah. what was the... Um, uh, and, and now we're talking about your latest album, the the Lost in Transition. Um, what's the story behind? And also on that album, um, uh, I think you wrote far more than at least on previous Sixpence albums. So, right. what's uh, what well, happened with that album? The day that Matt and I decided to to you know keep making music or start making music again. I went home to tell my family, or I didn't go home to them, but I went home to make calls, and my dad had passed away, like I found out that day. So I picked up the phone to tell my mom, and she and my sister were together, and they were crying, and it was awful. So it sort of, from the very beginning, was, uh, I don't know, I think that would be way too broad of a stroke to say that was some sort of an omen, but... It was difficult from day one, and I think saying difficult is like putting it lightly. Um, so then all like of a sudden, what happened? What, what was he died? He wasn't sick. He had a pulmonary embolism, and he died. Mm. There was no warning at all. Um, so it, there was grieving that had to be done, yeah. and then of course, on a totally separate note, we had to figure out, okay, well who's going to put this out and uh, which at the time it seemed like this is going to be easy we're going to be able to do this and um once again we had business troubles that i don't really want to go into just because it's exhausting but we had a a label we were going to do everything with and we got a lot we got really far into it and then and then once again the the um, ground kind of changed for the label while we were in the process of getting this done and getting this out. And it was no one's fault, really. It's just that their story changed. Therefore, ours, our road kind of had to abruptly mm. end or, or pause. And then once again, we're you know trying to figure out, okay, what's the home going to be for this? How are we going to get this put out? So it put the brakes on it massively. Um, but we did get to we once again we made the record we we wanted to make we um did it on our own terms eventually (laughs) yeah uh but yeah in the end i mean it took way too long to get it out and then now you've got a band that once again we're exhausted and like what's the are we really (laughs) gonna ever go through that again yeah and i think we will but it's very defeating you know well, so had you, was the album made and, and that's when you ran into all the problems, like trying to get it out or was it just it was made. all those yeah. years that it was waiting to be released? Like you were, you had done it and it was finished and it just was not being released. Like you couldn't get it released. Yeah, there was, it, I think we, in the middle of that time period, it was made. We did get it, you know, written and made. And then at one, once it was made was when everything, the carpet kind of got pulled okay. out from under us or the rug, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was great. I mean, the recording of it was like a fairy tale. We worked with yeah. this producer, Jim Scott, and he's just a dream, an absolute dream to work with. So we found like the guy that we'd always want to work with. And then it just like the, it was like somebody just put a period at the end of the sentence and we're like, wait a minute, what yeah. is going on? So, so what did you, did you find another label? Like how did you end up we, getting it released? We did. I mean, we switched, uh, management. Uh, I think, yeah, that happened. And, um, and, uh, obviously, I mean, honestly, it's so traumatic yeah. as an artist to have that kind of stuff happen that I block it out after it's mm. over. And literally, we'd have to pull up papers, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. I honestly don't even know. It's so, yeah. it's It was so stressful to have, because your ego's kind of on the line, too. You know, yeah. there's so many things. Your income your, is tied up in it. Your, your ego is like, hey, you know, I'm a singer. I'm still busy. I'm doing this. And you've right. got these fans. Half of them are mad, and they think you're just being a jackass. <laughs> and then you've got people that are maybe, you know, just... They just want to hear new music, but they think they think you're just having fun, you know, just rolling in it and right. just doing it just because you can. And it couldn't be further from the truth. And it's just very, very defeating when that happens to an artist. And unfortunately, you've got people these days running the music business, in my opinion. And I know it's changing. It's changing as we speak. And and um, I think 
in many ways for the better. But I think you've got a lot of people that have no idea what they're doing, yeah. um, unfortunately, and just kind of nipping like dogs at whatever they think is going to be fast and, and money-making and everything else goes by the wayside. And it's a, it's a dangerous time for artists, I think, in that way, um, if you're kind of caught in the middle. If you're on it and you, you know how things work, I think you're in, the, in a great spot yeah. business-wise. But if you don't really know how it works, you, you can't be in a position to be waiting for somebody to make that decision for you. You've got to be proactive and get stuff done on your own. That's what I've learned. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's not an easy lesson to learn. So. Well, it's it's almost strange that it seems like this has happened so many times with you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, maybe not so many times. You've mentioned a couple times, really, but um, it, you know, the last few albums that you've done as Sixpence, you know, it seemed to have been a struggle to get done. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. And the in the creative part is the easy part, but yeah. we've never we're not business people. <laughs> And I don't think we're supposed to be. We mean, yeah. it would have been smarter had we, had we maybe somebody, one of us, taken the initiative to be like more aggressive or more forward thinking. But we've got families and yeah. livings to make, and and I think it takes away from the creativity. At least for us, it does. Some people can do it all, and that's great. But we've never been those people. So right. those business um has really impeded the progress of a really great band i'm sure for many bands not just mine yeah (laughs) but uh but we're still i mean we still tour we were just we went to japan back about four months ago and had a wonderful time and played beautiful music and um i feel like had some great moments on stage excuse me and um and you know, got to play for some people that we haven't played for before. It was great. Yeah. Jakarta um, last summer and Argentina, and we, we tour some here in the States. Um, yeah, so it's when we still have a great time together. So it's not that everything is dire and we'll never make music again, yeah. but it has been a frustrating road for sure. What was it what was it like writing? Like I said, you um you wrote a lot more on this record than previous records. Right. Um Matt really wanted to open up the the writing and we we I think we had intended to write more together. Um but that didn't that didn't really happen. It doesn't come very naturally for us for some mm. reason. Um but I wrote with my husband a little, who wasn't my husband at the time. I don't know, we weren't married. Um uh, did some writing about my dad because that had just happened. And mm-hmm. so I had a little bit of inspiration. And then um, kind of beyond that, I sort of dried up inspiration-wise after a couple of songs. I think I was very yeah. stented for quite a while because of those that, you know, there's the trauma of losing him. and Yeah. What, what, how was the process of making this album, given that you wrote so much more, um, different than the previous ones or was it very much the same i mean time has gone by you've got a kid now i don't know about matt if he has a family or or did it feels like with with this record you know uh, it's almost like um what's the you know there was like the saved by the bell and saved by the bell the new class you know it's like it's almost like a lot of life has happened since Mm -hmm. divine discontent and you know and things and now it's uh you know what was it a did it feel different? Did it, did it all feel like, you know, you're all older and, and life has changed at this point? Or did it feel kind of like everyone's back together again, you know? Uh, no, it felt different, but not in a bad way at all. Just yeah. in a way that, yeah. And in, in, in one way, it was, no, it was definitely, I feel like, more fun. I think it's yeah. the most fun we've ever had in the studio. And Jim Scott was largely um, the reason for that. It's impossible to do a record without guy and feel tension or be stressed. It's just mm-hmm. the best experience. And and he was great and sensitive to us, and he was a fan of what we were doing and very um, excited about the songs we brought in. And that always feels good as a band, whether they're lying or not. Right. The producer <laughs> seems like he likes what you're doing. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me. So, um, so we... Uh, yeah, we had a great time, but it was different. And Matt does have a family now. He's got a beautiful family, children, mm, yeah. and um, 
so yeah, we are, we're different, more mature, but, um, and I mean, I've never laughed harder in my life with yeah. people than the, the kind of fun we have is very distinct, um, to sixpence. Like I don't have those kind of laughs with anybody else in mm. my life. And it's because of all the, the history and the stories and just the, just being whatever. Yeah. Fools together. <laughs> what, uh, I think I read you I read, read a quote from you somewhere saying you felt like this album was, you know, some of the best writing that you'd ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to know if you felt like that that is the case, and why why do you feel like this is your best? You mean me personally or the band? I, I think I think the quote was uh, in reference to the band. This was the best work that Sixpence has done. Well, yeah, I do I do feel that way. We kind of went about things a little differently. Jim wanted it to be, you know, less about the orchestration and mm-hmm. all the bells and whistles and more focusing on the voice and the words. And I don't know if if our fans, after all that time, were necessarily very appreciative of that. Like, you know, I think that especially from where we left off with Divine Discontent, there was it was very lush and there was a lot of instrumentation yeah. on that and this was more bare bones and but it w- i think it's beautiful and brilliant because it was the perfect snapshot for exactly where we were yeah and that's what a record is we weren't trying to make a record for for where our fans felt like we should be yeah <laughs> so it it was something that represented and does represent where we were at the time and if we made a record now it would be a reflection of where we are now yeah. um and hopefully we'll 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 get on that we're kind of in the we're just talking about writing right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so maybe in another decade we'll get a record out how's the uh how's the process different now that you have a family and Matt has a family and you mentioned you were really excited about being a mom and ha- and that whole stage of life um uh ha- how has that affected your music and how you write and how you think about it and tour and all that stuff well um i mean it, it's it is it's uh dif- different processes you get older because you you know have responsibilities and i can't just go out on the road and mm-hmm. in a van anymore even though we do sometimes um but yeah i've got to think about making a living for my family and um and i can't wait for Matt to be ready to make a record or whoever to be ready to go on tour and work. Mm -hmm. So, um, what I've always wanted to do since I was, you know, 12 or 13 was be this country singer. And so I've kind of taken the, uh, the bull by the horns last year and started writing for a record like that. And so I'm, that's how it looks for me now. Like I've got to make a kind of a new, you know, path, um, and not necessarily shutting any old paths down, but just keep mm-hmm. opening new paths. I think that's the best thing to do. I'm an established singer and I'm very thankful for that. I'm not coming out of nowhere exactly, right. but anything that I do in another genre will be like starting over, but a little less like starting over from someone who has no history at all. Right, you know? yeah. So I do have that going for me, but but I've written, um, I think, the best songs I've ever written in the last year. And I'm oh, wow. very, yeah. very excited about that. And that's where my main focus is right now. Mm-hmm. So you, this is an, a, a new solo record you're working on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I've got four done, and I've got about, I don't know, ten more to go. Um, and I'm, yeah, just tremendously excited about, about it. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I'm not shutting any doors and sixpence mm-hmm. is, is uh i don't know we're supposed to write some stuff next week and but it's yeah. just it's so it's so fun with those guys um but back to your question i guess it, it's different in that everybody just has other stuff that they're doing yeah. and that's that's how it's different and since i've got no other interests really other than you know, maybe I'd kind of like to be a cop, but it would take me too long. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm really That's, serious. I'm like Steve. Are you Seagal. serious, really? I don't know what it is. I think a lot of artists have, and maybe not a lot, but Steven Seagal, what does he do? He, um, is he a headhunter? I, I have no idea what really he does into now. Martial arts. Yeah, I mean, he um, made a bunch of movies. Well, and... he's definitely made some amazing movies. Right. <laughs> but, um, but he also is into martial arts, and I think he's done some. Some like bounty hunting, but 
I could be wrong and I could be talking about a different guy, but, but yeah, it really appeals to me to like be a detective or something. So I think about that maybe once a week, like, Oh, what are the steps? It's going to take so long, but I really want to do it. (laughs) But I think something that's more realistic is just make, making more records. So (laughs) I'm writing some more songs. And so, um, maybe you could write some songs about, um, detective It'd be a stories. whole other field to yeah. me. It's a love inspiration. Yeah. You know, I mean, I you really can do that. I, I, I never, I never realized, you know, as a, as a predominantly music listener, you listen to some albums and some singers and you think you get this picture in your head of who they are because of their songs. Right. And you think, you know, oh, that guy must be such a tortured guy, you know, or whatever. And then you meet them and, and you realize, uh, they didn't actually go through any of that. You know, that's as a songwriter, that's what you do is you 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 write these stories and they didn't necessarily happen to you, exactly. you know. <laughs> sometimes. And so, sometimes it's very this is exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So so you could you could, what I'm saying is that you could write some songs. Totally. You could you could live out your your oh, detective fantasy you through maybe without having to actually do it. Without having to do it. You could sing yeah. about it. You're right. So. That's disappointing. Or you could just get some music on a show. I'm sure you've done that before. Oh, on a detective show? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll probably Some sort have. Of TV show. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I should be more specific about my wants. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny, though. The randomness of these things, like, um, uh, is, I mean, are these just, uh, are you in any way serious about any of these sorts of things, or are they just sort of, oh, man, that'd be an interesting career to have someday? The you detective know? thing? Or any of it besides music. What What would oh. you do? I mean, here's a better way to ask that question. Um, is there what would be your your plan B if you decided to stop doing music now or maybe someday? I mean, you you probably won't be recording albums, you know, until like for the rest of your life. Maybe you will, but right. what else would you do? What would what else? Where would you go? Um, I don't know. I mean, I do. I intend to make albums the rest of my life, but if I can't or don't, um, I suppose I will. Um, I don't know. I'll keep raising Henry and maybe do some farm work. Farming? And maybe still figure out how to become a detective. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I'll keep, you know, writing songs. I mean, that's a lot of why I'm working on this new, totally new avenue for myself. I'd like to stack the deck for myself in my favor so that I'm able to, you know, support myself the rest of my life with music because that's all yeah. I've ever done. So that's important to me to do that. So you're working on a solo album and you haven't officially started working on a new album with Sixpence, but that is in the plans mm-hmm. to continue. Sixpence is uh, going to release more sure. records someday. Right. Probably. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah. So the next we hear from you, it might either be um, uh, farming or uh crime solving crime solving yes or uh, more albums very likely one or the other right well i'm 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 pretty positive it's going to be more music (laughs) it'll be this country thing that i'm doing yeah that's (laughs) awesome though yeah and that's going to be very different from anything you've done before right it is it's um it's like i grew up listening to patsy cline and tammy wynette and these these types and george jones and so i wrote with a friend of mine, a couple of friends of mine, um, just about 15 or 20 songs that are like um, those songs that I grew up with. So it's not yeah. at all what you hear on the radio. But um, but like I said, it's the best stuff I've done in my whole career. So I'm really, really excited about it. Is there any sort of uh, timetable on that one yet? Or you're still in, I know you're still writing, so it could be, like, do you have any sort of goal anyway? Like, I would like to have this out, you know? Well, what is out anymore? I, I think we're, right now, I think we're just trying to figure out what um, what that means and how we'll get this out. And, um, the, the you know, the people on my team just want to make sure we do it right. Right. Because um, it's a really special project. It's special to me, and I think it's special in general. Um, but... Uh, we've already got four done. I've worked with this brilliant producer named Dave Cobb. Um, and so we'll see. But definitely timetable-wise within, you know, at this time next year, it needs to be out and already been talked about. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. What about your uh, your son, Henry? He's how old now? He's 10. He's 10. Is he... Um, 
showing any signs of following in your your footsteps? Well, he just can't seem to get enough um, instruments in his hands. And he's, <laughs> as I told you before, he's got strep throat right now. And so he's been home all week. And yesterday, yeah. he just he's just had it. He's so bored. And um, and I'm bored too, frankly. It's really those are some long damn days. Uh, but he I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. he plays the ukulele. Um, he plays the flute really beautifully. He plays a little bit of the piano. And yesterday, yeah, we'd watched enough episodes of River Monsters. And right. <laughs> he went into his room and just started in a circle, like. Um, and I would hear maybe five minutes of the flute, and he'd pick up the ukulele and practice that for a minute. But he's real serious about it when he picks them up, so he gets really quite good yeah 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 that's awesome yeah he's he's a cool kid he's great all right well thanks for talking to me i appreciate you doing this and uh it was great to uh hear some of the story absolutely yeah thanks for talking to me well that's it that's the show thanks for listening episode 25 it's some sort of anniversary, I think. I don't know what it is this the silver, the bronze. I'm not sure. Anyway, thanks for listening, and thanks to Lee Nash for coming on the show. Um, what a sweetheart! Seriously, I just I love talking to her, and I really enjoyed that conversation. So much fun, and I hope you go back. If you're not familiar with Sixpence, go back and and listen to their albums and listen to Lee Nash's stuff. It's just great stuff. Great, great stuff, and. So many memories tied to their music. So it was awesome to talk to her. As I said in the beginning, uh, if you're not on the newsletter, get on the newsletter because some cool stuff is happening and I want you to know about it. avclark.com slash newsletter. And I'm also doing this whole listener support experiment thing. See what happens there. I, I really don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But if you like this show and you'd like to help me keep doing it and spend even more time on it then you can go to avclark.com support and throw in a dollar or two and every little bit helps so i would greatly greatly appreciate that last thing this week's contest giveaway stephen king's on writing amazing book get on it get in on it by going to avclark.com giveaway well that's it That's all I've got for you this week. I hope you have a great week, and I will see you next time.